Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good Wednesday afternoon to you as we head downhill to the weekend. Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK, and Sean Carey. Steve on his way into the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford Lincoln Hyundai, and the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia. On the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We'll be with you live until 5. Then we'll have the late day news roundup. Matt Catrillo will have that for you. Matt fired up. Big time Yankees fan. Know what he'll be doing tonight. Watching the matchup. I actually got a baseball doubleheader today. Only supposed to be one game, but thanks to Tuesday's rain out, Nats and Cubs, they will be going first pitch about an hour from now. Big news is Steven Strasburg. He's going to take the ball for the Nationals. He was the game one starter with that rain out pushing back game four. Uh, Strasburg can now come back on regular rest. And another item of note, you got Cold conditions in Chicago. Wind is blowing in, so may not catch a lot of home runs today. Looks like uh, pitchers will be getting the nod today, so should be interesting as to how that shakes out. Have some Penn State football conversation later today as well. Uh, Bob Flounders from Patriot News, PennLive.com, scheduled to join us in about an hour from now. You bet we'll continue the Penn State football conversation despite the bye week this week, which is coming at a great time. And, of course, uh, it was during the off season we would see that you know three-game stretch, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. Get through that. Keep on winning. Survive in advance week after week. Everything else will take care of itself. And fingers are crossed. All of Nittany Nation for sure. We take your emails anytime, Steve Jones at WKOK.com, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Our toll-free is 1-800-795-9565. And you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle for the show is at Steve Jones PSU. Give us a follow. Put breaking news on there, links to the podcasts, and so much more. If you miss any of our live shows, we encourage you to subscribe to the Steve Jones Show podcast. It is available on both Google Play Apple Podcast app and iTunes. If you happen to listen to us on iTunes, don't hesitate to leave us a review. We appreciate that. Podcast listenership has been well, continuing to increase. It depends, what the, it depends what the review says. Okay. <laughs> we've, already gotten, yeah, we, we, we've already gotten a five-star review on, on iTunes. Yes. I shared that with you about a week ago. 
Yeah, no, I, I thought you wrote it well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. I know that now you know what I did on vacation in August. <laughs> there you go. Quality time. <laughs> so any think- reviews? Any reviews on our play-by-play call of the day on Monday? <laughs> Uh, they've not been given to me directly, but you'll be the first to know if something happens there. So. <laughs> I'm on a need-to-know basis. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just know what he saw, so he says. Well, when you're clairvoyant, now we have the lads on tomorrow, right? High School Football Roundtable, yes, we'll have that tomorrow at 4.06. Special time tomorrow, 4.06, since we'll be making way for Bucknell head football coach Joe Susan. He'll be with us tomorrow at 3.35. And because Mm -hmm. of fall break at Bucknell and uh, their bye week, they had a Monday practice during Joe's regularly scheduled time. So just let everyone know we did not forget about Joe. We'll have Joe in tomorrow. We also want to accommodate his schedule. Absolutely. Great to see Joe earlier today at the Bucknell Football Luncheon at Maddie's. Terrific time, as always. And how's Doug? Doug's doing great. Lots of questions from uh, folks in the gallery today. And had a chance to have lunch with uh, left guard P.J. Barr, Mm -hmm. freshman for the Bison. Has uh, been starting on the O-line past two games. Only one of two freshmen to start for Bucknell this year. So had a chance to ask him what he did during the bye week and just sticking with basics. You know, uh, you know, foot placements and, you know, uh, hands. You know, specific level to keep the hands so you can win those battles in the trenches. Was the entire Bucknell broadcast name there? Yes. How about that? Standing ovation. Well, let's just say not one, not two, but three backhanded welcomes to the suit when he walked into the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not only from his broadcast counterpart, but also from one of the heads of Learfield Marketing at Bucknell. <laughs> mm. And from another Bucknell Bison football beat reporter. <laughs> so he got a trifecta. <laughs> He turns to me and goes, I've been missed. And I go, you're looking at it the wrong way. (laughs) I don't think you quite get this. (laughs) What they're trying to tell you is... (laughs) I don't really think you're seeing it the way it is. (laughs) Huh? What does that mean? Huh? (laughs) Oh, well. All right. So what's going on? In the world of sports, not much. All right. Um, now the Nationals are going to play the Cubs. It looks like they're going to get the game in. And Steven Strasburg, who could not start game four, now is going to start game four. There's been four different ex- explanations given as to why he couldn't start. The mold. <laughs> Rain, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Flu-like symptoms and so forth. So, 
So general manager Mike Rizzo says, look, he's feeling really good today, so he's going to go. Okay. Now, the guy is an 0.86 ERA since the All-Star break. And it should be pointed out, he pitched really well early in the series. I would think Nats fans, they've got to be driving themselves crazy because what was the main ongoing thing going on with that team during the regular season was their bullpen. Their bullpen was absolutely terrible. And what happens here so far in the postseason? Strasburg carries a no-hitter Friday night into, what, the sixth inning? And Scherzer, he pitched a gem a couple of nights ago. And then they, you know, both all for naught. Right. So now he's going to get the ball. Now, did I ever tell you the Jan Yagler story? I've not heard that. I've not heard that, no. Jan Yagler. Jan Yagler. Not to be confused with Yamir Yager. No. Well, Penn State got Jan Yagler because they recruited Dirk Nowitzki. And I firmly believe to this day that if Nowitzki had not decided to go directly to the NBA, he probably would. Penn State did a great job recruiting Nowitzki. Made a visit to the Jordan Center, the whole thing. I've never heard the story before. Wow. Okay. So a lot of people, Chuck Swenson did the uh, the legwork on it. But then Nowitzki, he had to spend one year in the German military. And, and of course, he played basketball during that time. And then he just signed straight with the Mavericks. Well, you, you understand that the Mavericks drafted him. They took him. Do you consider Where, Dirk Nowitzki's outside shot, outside jumper, underrated? Oh, Always. He's just a really, really great player, especially a great offensive player. Well, well, with the connections Penn State made in the recruitment of Nowitzki, they were able to get in touch with Jan Yagla. Yagla was a 6'11 kid, not quite the body definition of Nowitzki, but pretty good. And Yagla was, was good at Penn State. He had a cup of coffee in the NBA. He was with the uh, L.A. Clippers for a period of time. One day at practice, and it was Jerry Dunn's group, by the way, uh, with Chuck Swanson. They were the ones that had been recruiting Nowitzki, and then that opened the door for Yagla. Well, Yagla happened to be in the transition from Jerry Dunn to the Chellis. And so he ends up having Jan Yagla as one of his key players. Well, the circus came through. And I'm trying, it may have been the Shriner, it was not Barnum and Bailey, I think it was the Shriner Circus, came through the Jordan Center. And it was during the wintertime, so it was, you know, it was during basketball season. So the next day, Penn State goes out to practice. And I'm, it turned out that, by way of timing, I walked into the Jordan Center just when Ed DeChelis was coming out of the locker room to go out to practice. So he waited for me for a half second, and I caught up with him. We were walking together, chit-chatting, chit-chatting, and the players were all in their practice gear. And all of a sudden, he looks over at Jan Yagla, and Jan is wearing his warm-up, his sweatsuit. Eddie looks at him, he says, he goes, John, he says, uh, what's the deal? Because they just practiced yesterday, and he didn't get hurt. He says, John, what's the deal? He says, I can't go today. He says, you can't go today. Why can't you go today? He says, pet dander, can't do it. <laughs> pet dander? <laughs> Ed looks at me, he says, 
I've heard it all. <laughs> Pet dander. So when I saw that with Strasburg, I don't know, bold could be a problem. <laughs> well, I know you have a lot. Well, I know you have lots of pets in the Jones Castle, so I know pet dander. You don't like that. You don't have that issue. No, 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 not not an issue. No. So <laughs> it's like, holy cow! But as soon as I heard that about. About uh, Strasburg. Yagla's the first guy I thought of. (laughs) I've seen this script before. (laughs) Believe me, in my job, I feel like I've seen every script. (laughs) It's very rare that you grab the pet dander card out of the deck. (laughs) Excuse me, I've seen this before. I'm under the category of, in sports, I'm under the category of based on what I do, there's very little I haven't heard before. (laughs) That's one of them. He's got a mold problem. Like, up over here, pet dander. (laughs) I've got a pet dander story. (laughs) We'll take a break. We are your unofficial home of the suit. (laughs) who made an appearance today before what he believed was an adoring crowd at Maddie's. Does he realize it wasn't what he thought it was? I tried to explain it to him. Is it sad you had to explain it to him? I know. It took all the way halfway back to Winfield to break it down. Boy, that's a waste of time. I know. Right. I, was, I, I was held hostage in the car. <laughs> oh, it was one of those situations. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Did, did, I ever, did I ever tell you the, the Joe Paterno Big 33 story? I remember. It's been a while since I've heard it, but I have heard Joe, it. Before, yes. Joe, and, Joe and I fly down to the Big 33 together, so it's just the two of us. And somebody volunteered to pick us up at the airport. Great. So we get we get out off the plane. We get in the car. So we're sitting there in the car. And all of a sudden, we, we leave the airport. And I just assume we're just going to take the direct route, get out to 322, and <clears throat> get over to the Hershey Lodge and Convention Center. And... Also, we're taking this back row. We're going by this farm. We're going by another back row. We're out in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea where we are. And Joe leans over to me. He says, "Where the heck are we?" I said, "I said I don't know." I said, "But I said, I said the bottom line is it's your fault." He goes, "Looks at me, it's my fault." I said, "Yeah, the let's take the long ride with Joe Paternal to keep him in the car as long as we can." <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he looked at me, he says, "It's my fault. It's my fault." <laughs> then, then, as soon as I said it to him, because so, we're like in the back, like you know, like they, they, I don't think they can hear us. <laughs> I said, "Yeah." I said, "The old let's let's yeah, We got Joe Paterno in the car. We're gonna keep him as long as we can have him <laughs> ride." He goes. He looks. At me, he goes. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, then we get out of the car and we start walking. He goes, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I said, don't be. I said, I said, just realize I know what's going on. <laughs> We laughed about it on the plane later. All right. We will come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Bob Flounders today at 4.06. Tomorrow, Joe Susan and our high school football roundtable. Which uh, we believe will include the suit. He's the only one we're ever worried about confirming, correct? Should be a done deal for tomorrow, yes. Did that come up during the the hostage situation when you were in the car? It did not. Now, how can you be sure? Hmm. All right. This day in sports history. 1924, the Boston Bruins and the Montreal Maroons were granted NHL franchises. 1925, the New York football Giants played their first NFL game. The Giants lost 14-0 to Providence, but actually were awarded the NFL title at the end of the year. 1975, New York Islanders center Brian Trottier, his first career hat trick. 1980, the Dallas Mavericks won their first game at Reunion Arena when they beat San Antonio 103-92. I actually did two games at Reunion Arena. It is now a patch of grass. I remember it's, it's at the Ticket City Bowl, and we're staying in the same hotel, the Hyatt Regency, that we stayed in when I did a couple of games over Union Arena as part of the Dallas Morning News Classic. I'm looking out my window going, they're tearing down arenas I did games in. <laughs> I said, how long have you been around? 1984, Mario Lemieux of the Penguins. Made his debut in the National Hockey League against the Bruins. He scored a goal on the very first shot on his very first NHL shift. 1998, Steve Young of the 49ers became the 20th player in NFL history to throw for 30,000 yards. 2004, the Houston Astros won a postseason series for the first time in their 43-year history. They beat the Braves 12-3 in Game 5. The Astros had lost seven previous playoff series, three of them to Atlanta. And that's this day in sports history. Nationals and Cubs today. Yankees and Indians tonight. A Game 5... Between the Yankees and the Indians. All on the line. Corey Kluber, who did not pitch well in his Game 2 appearance and did not pitch well in Game 7 of the World Series a year ago against the Cubs, gets the ball tonight. I think the baseball playoffs so far have been interesting. And John Farrell fired today as the manager of the Red Sox, by the way. The only manager in Red Sox history to win three division titles. 
He also won a World Series as well. But he's out, and according to Dave Dombrowski, even if the Red Sox had won that opening series over Houston, it may still may not have saved his job. And it's interesting. Everything's been about what the Nationals and the Cubs are doing this afternoon. has been very little on the Yankees and the Indians tonight. But CC Sabathia is going to get the ball tonight for the Yankees. And Corey Kluber is going to get the ball for the Indians. And Edwin Encarnacion is expected to be in the lineup tonight for Cleveland. Somebody asked me earlier today about, you know, John Farrell being fired. And I said, you know, I said, not like he didn't make mistakes or anything like that. I said, but, excuse me, but when David Ortiz was in that lineup last year, the Red Sox had a really potent offensive team. And we everybody knew Ortiz was leaving. He was going to retire. He said straight out. Every time it was brought up, because he had a great year last year. So every time it was brought up, hey, are you tempted to come back? Are you tempted to come back? He said, no, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Well, in August of a year ago, as Sean recalls, he asked me, Sean did, about David Ortiz. And I said, look, you got to replace him in the offseason. I said, the one free agent out there that really should be the absolute must-get for the Red Sox is Edwin Encarnacion of Toronto. He said, the kind of power you want in the DH spot. He's perfect for Fenway Park, the whole deal. And Dave Dombrowski, who fired John Farrell today, is the guy that did not sign Edwin Encarnacion. Encarnacion only hit two fifty eight this year. But he hit 38 home runs and drove in 107. The Red Sox were last in the American League in home runs. Last. And the Indians outbid the Red Sox to get him. Okay. He'll be back in the lineup for Cleveland tonight. And Kluber against Sabathia in that one. With the Cubs lineup, there have been changes as soon as they found out that it was going to be Strasburg pitching instead of Tanner Roark. And... That means that uh, Kyle Schwarber, for example, not going to start. He'll come off the bench. And uh, Jason Hayward's going to start. And that's, that's, you know, so that's part of the lineup change that they made because Strasburg's going to start. Yeah. By the way, John Farrell's going to end up being a candidate for the Phillies job. You watch. Do you have a record like he's had? 
He's also had a really great ability to work with young players. The Phillies, that's what they need at this point. Well, the Red Sox are a little bit too dramatic. Dustin Pedroia, he kind of threw it, you know, he kind of threw the teammates under the bus and the beanball thing with the Orioles. David Price, humiliating broadcaster Dennis Eckersley. Did I ever explain what Eckersley did? I never got the rest of that story, no. Okay. Edwin Rodriguez, a pitcher on the Red Sox staff, one of the one of the five starters, gets hurt. Okay. So, in getting hurt, there's rehab, and part of the rehab is that you go through the minor leagues to come back. I don't care if they pitch you at Lowell, Pawtucket, whatever. I've seen all sorts of rehab stints during my time in the New York Penn League. And so, in a minor league rehab start, Eduardo Rodriguez goes out and he struggles in it. And that's not unusual. That happens. So, Eckersley, they put the Rodriguez line on the screen. And when they do, Eckersley looks and circles like the thing and he says, yuck. That's all he said. If you saw the numbers, you too would have said yuck. But it doesn't mean anything. It just matters as to whether you're getting back on track, as to whether you're getting loose. There's a certain pitch where it's like spring training when you look at, at numbers. All right. That's all he said. And David Price confronted him as if he had just filled every secret to Area 51. And all Eckersley said was the numbers were bad. Well, the numbers were bad. <laughs> and all he said was yuck. I don't know. That's, the, that's just the wrong way to go about it. So. So John Farrell's out. Only manager in Red Sox history to win. Three division titles, and he also had a World Series on top of it, which over the last 99 years of Red Sox baseball has only happened three times. He has one. <laughs> the guy managing the Indians tonight is the other two. And Farrell, by the way, was the pitching coach for him. So, there you go. But that's what that's what the Eckersley price thing was about. He just circled the numbers and went, yuck. That's it. Not exactly, I mean, not exactly devastating commentary. And the numbers were, but but I don't pay attention to numbers in the, when I'm looking at rehab stats. Uh, I just don't. You know, it's more of, you know, how do you throw the ball? You know, you're getting loose. You're trying to get back into it. You're experimenting a little bit. Whatever. <clears throat> All 
All right, Michigan-Penn State. Uh, we'll talk about some of the Michigan numbers through five games in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. Having trouble trying to figure out what new vehicle to buy? Stop! SMC has all your bases covered. Compare Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai. All at the dealer who has been satisfying work customers for over 100 years. 53 Ford F-150s starting at $23,994. Sunbury Motors has your compact SUVs covered. 46 Ford Escapes starting at $19,925. Take 3112 off all 17 Hyundai Tucsons. Kia Sportages start at just $23,553. SMC has your Size SUV in stock. Right now, 2018 Kia Serenos start at $24,999 with 21 Serenos to choose from. Take up to $49.49 off 2017 Hyundai Santa Fe Sports and up to five grand off a Lincoln MKX. Sunbury Motors has all your bases covered for your next new vehicle. Go to sunburymotors.com to compare your next new Ford, Lincoln, Kia, or Hyundai. Sunbury Motors, satisfying more customers, selling more cars. A tradition of trust since 1915. Great to have you with us on the show today. Talking a little bit earlier about the um, the Michigan numbers defensively, people have wondered, "Wow, you know, Michigan's played great defense this year, and they have played great defense this year." And these are just numbers. I think you have to really sit there and watch how they play first, especially their front seven. Their front seven plays very, very well, and fifty nine percent of all drives against the Michigan defense have ended in three outs. 42 out of 71. That's really, really good. And they give up just 87 yards a game rushing. And that includes facing Air Force, by the way. Passing only 126. That includes facing Air Force, (laughs) which doesn't throw the ball. And only 213 yards a game. Really impressive. Yet, they have only forced seven turnovers in their five games. Not a big number. Overall, Michigan is a minus five giveaway takeaway in the year because they've turned it over 12 times as an offense. Defensively, they're only giving up 18% on third down. That's it. Offensively, Michigan's 34% on third down. Teams are seven for eight in the red zone against Michigan, 88%, five touchdowns. Two field goals. The only misfire was a missed field goal. Offensively, Michigan is 14 of 15 in the red zone, 93%, but only five touchdowns, nine field goals, nine of 10. Michigan's done well getting out of the gate offensively, four of five on their opening drive, two touchdowns, two field goals. Second half, two of five, two touchdowns. Defense has given up one field goal on an opening drive this year, and that was to Florida, and one touchdown on an opening drive in the second half. Michigan only has six drives of 70 yards or better this season offensively. And four of them are touchdowns and two are field goals. Michigan's taken over the ball eight times in five games on the opponent's side of the field, which happens to be what we call the plus side. But of those eight, they only have one touchdown 
and they're 5 of 5 in field goals. The opponent's taken over on the Michigan side of the field, that plus side, seven times this year. They have two touchdowns, one field goal, two punts. And Michigan has not given up a point in the fourth quarter this year. They've outscored the opponents 43 to nothing in the fourth quarter. They've given up only 14 points in the second half all season, too. So those are just some of the Michigan numbers defensively through their first five games of the year. They've got Indiana Saturday in Bloomington. And then we'll see how it plays out from there. But that at least gives you a read on they talk about Michigan, wow, they've been playing great defense this year. That does tell you right there. They have been playing great defense. Just, I mean, the numbers tell you they're playing great defense. Now, let's flip it over on the other side of the ball. We just wonder how long John O'Connor is going to remain the starting quarterback. I mean, I've seen various reports as to the uh, severity of the injury for Wilton Spate. Well, Spate, I mean, Spate, Spate might be done for the season. We'll see. But he's not playing next week, I can tell you that. How about let's just go with the basics. He's not playing next week. He's not playing this week and he's not playing next week. So just I mean, so on the basics, John O'Corn will be the first team quarterback and Brandon Peters will be the second team quarterback. Which is uh interesting. So, we'll see if Michigan is any less predictable offensively. Because that's one thing about them. For the most part, Michigan has actually, in the last couple of years, been fairly predictable Offensively, even last year when they they beat Penn State and they won with ease and the whole thing, they were they were fairly predictable. You know, I guess what people have talked about the joke that Spate made about running the same play eight straight times or whatever. Well, look, they got by, down by the goal line last year in their first drive, and I said on the broadcast, I mean, not Jack, but me, you know, Jack's the expert, and I said, look, they always give it to Hill in this situation. Boom, they gave it to Hill, he scored. Second drive of the game, they brought Eddie McDoom into the game. And when he came into the game, right, not Jack, I said this. I mean, in other words, the expert's not saying it, the guy that's not the expert saying it. And I said, every time he comes in, they run a reverse. Boom, they ran a reverse. Now, if I'm picking up on these things, what does that tell you? And the other night was odd because of the the driving rain, the high winds. That's going to affect any offense. And so some of the three-and-out stuff is a bit skewed because in the second half, Michigan State went three-and-out in, what, seven straight drives? Something like that? In the driving rain, they couldn't get a first down. They didn't get a first down until, what, three minutes ago in the game? Some number like that. So that does skew the numbers some. 
and Michigan State couldn't move, and Michigan couldn't move. The difference was Michigan kept turning the ball over. But the first half, I took a long, hard look at the first half. And the reason I took a long, hard look at the first half is that under decent conditions, what does it, you know, what does it look like? And I could factor in all the wind and rain you want and so forth, but that doesn't give you a true picture. It just shows you how you're playing high winds and rain. And we're not going to have high winds and rain here next week. So we'll see. I just thought you'd be interested. To, you know, we talk about dominant numbers. Those are, I mean, defensively, some of those numbers are dominant. No, no question. I was in Chicago last week, Sean. I didn't realize they had a mold problem. That's what they're saying is the excuse for Steven Strasburg. Yeah, it's just two words that don't go good together. Mold problem. Yeah. Sensitive smell? No? So was there a person today who mistook sarcasm for praise at the (laughs) luncheon? Kind of got that impression. Doesn't quite get it, does he? (laughs) People make it two weeks in a row. No. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.